Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad. On this podcast, you will hear real insights and stories from actual digital nomads sharing what life is really like abroad, how they got here, what they do, and also all the funny, absolutely crazy, difficult, and ridiculous stories of those living outside of the normal nine to five. So get ready to be inspired, laugh with us, and learn from all of these crazy nomads. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Crazy Nomad Podcast. Today, we have Sandre, who's a CEO and co-founder of Safety Wings, which is a travel medical incident insurance for specifically digital nomads. So I'm super excited to hear his story, to hear how the company started, and give you guys some more insight for anyone who's looking to leave your nine to five live a digital nomad life about how you can do so with great coverage. So Sanjay, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Christina. Super excited. So let's jump right in. I'd love to hear your story of what inspired you to create this company and, you know, the story of how you've gotten safety wings from the beginning to where it is now. Yeah, absolutely. So my story is I grew up in Norway, on the Western coast of Norway in Bergen. I was early interested in startups. I started a startup as a teenager and that was my first foray into working with people on the internet. It was with a Dutch and Romanian friend I, I met on the internet. And uh, a bit later, I, uh, I studied economics. I worked as a policy advisor for the Norwegian government. And so it's there that I start to realized that I wanted to get back to startups. Uh, government is a big organization, it's quite slow, and I, I lost a bit uh, patience with that path to, to changing the world, I suppose. And so I left that uh, to start safety, or to start Superside, actually, my previous company. And I could work a little bit part-time and then work on my startup. And, and that was like my plan. And I set up like a little bit, so I had a little bit of a personal runway. And, and these are, you know, really powerful ideas to be able to sort of escape the, um, the nine to five, like you said, uh, in the beginning. So, so that was what I set out to do. And we started Superside and then it went well, pretty fast. And we were very fortunate to get into this program in Silicon Valley called Y Combinator, uh, which we also did again with the safe Um, and it was there that I discovered that problem, which was that we wanted to provide benefits for the freelancers on the platform and found that that wasn't available. Um, and so after about a year of trying to get someone else to build that company, essentially to build safety wing and saying SuperSide would be the first customers, then left that company to found uh, safety wing uh, to build a global social safety net. And I kind of took my whole history with me then because I thought we would build something like the Norwegian social safety net but available globally and digitally uh, as a product. Um, and yeah, that's, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell the whole story after that, but that was the beginning of the story, at least that was the origin. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely think you can see the evolution too of like the thought process coming through to building what it is now. Because I think one of the biggest and hardest aspects for people who want to kind of get into this space is they're afraid of losing that benefit of travel and medical insurance when they're not in a nine to five. So you know, what happens if something goes wrong when you're abroad? What happens if some, you need medical coverage and you don't have anything? So 
Safety Wings is now providing, you know, an answer to that problem. So how does it work in terms of someone who wants to be a digital nomad and wants to have insurance coverage for Safety Wings? What are the options that people are able to have? And how do you kind of provide that great coverage for them in case anything goes wrong? Yeah, so... Uh, so we have two products today. We have insurance for, for nomads and we also have insurance for remote uh, teams, which is more of like a full regular health insurance where you can add dental and vision um, and then insurance for nomads that can be bought, be bought by individuals. Um, so, well, I mean, we built this, it was built in a way by nomads for, for nomads. You know, at the time, of course, this was our first product. It was our initial step into completing this global social safety net health is the most important part people need solved and so we solved our own problem very much so uh you know when i started out that nomad journey uh in uh 2015 2016 um i experienced the problem myself uh, so my plan then was that i had you know, regular travel insurance. And of course that times out at a certain time and I would sometimes fly back to Norway to reset it. Uh, and what, and, and then it would time out and I was, you know, fairly risk willing person. So I just thought, oh, if something happens I would just fly back. That was roughly my plan. And then something did happen. It wasn't a terrible serious thing. It was just like chest pain someday. And then of course you realize immediately that, oh, <laughs> the flying back plan is so stupid because you can't like if something happens so that you need urgent medical care that's not the time where you like sit down and book your tickets yeah. uh, you have to go seek medical care and uh and of course that was what i did instead and just had to pay that out cash that was in the u.s it was extremely expensive yeah. and of course had this experience that some people do here but it can happen anywhere of sort of okay i either have to get care but i had to which means you sort of have the choice between being broke or being possibly dead i don't know <laughs> at yeah. least not in good health uh and and that's you know that's the that was you know the problem we i i had to solve so we were kind of rushing to build this and we were our first customers and we were very happy when we had it and you know still a customer myself uh it's uh so when we built it we had our own use case in mind you know we knew it had to work in any country in the world. We knew we wanted to be very simple, easy to buy, uh, easy to use. Um, it's a subscription that's $42 a month, or you can buy for any set number of days, but the most people buy it on a monthly subscription that you can pause anytime. Uh, it has some home country coverage if you go home for up to 30 days. Um, yeah, and then, you know, if something happens, then you are uh, covered for that. So you don't have to make that choice and it doesn't become as disruptive as it could have been. Yeah, and I definitely think it's important. Um, I lived in Bali and the amount of people and friends I have that had, you know, something go wrong or accidents or major medical issues where it could have been tens of thousands, you know, plus dollars, but having that insurance kind of helps give you that safety net of knowing, okay, I can actually get coverage. And, you know, I'm able to not go completely broke or go into complete debt in doing so. Um, and I think it's awesome to know that you guys were, you were your first customer, you know, so you know exactly what you need and how it works for people. And so I would say now, one of the big questions people ask is, 
what goes on with COVID? Because obviously COVID's a big part of the insurance. So how do you guys tackle that issue when it comes to providing coverage and all the COVID regulations for different countries? Yeah. Uh, so when COVID first happened, you know, this was a very weird time for us because in a way it was also like a very difficult time. So uh, in 2020, when COVID first hit, um, we, I don't know if you remember, but it was like a, uh, a lot of travel bans, people had needed to go home quickly and, you know, people were scrambling. And we had this coverage in our policy for these kind of evacuations. It was called political evacuation, but it was covered by the pandemic thing. So suddenly anyone in the world, like we covered evacuation for, and uh, in the founder, the other, you know, the, the founders were sitting kind of up all night in customer service. And I think we evacuated a third of our customers uh, back then, which also meant that they weren't our customers anymore. And uh, because of course they were home and yeah. there were travel restrictions. So, uh, that was like the initial part. Uh, the other thing that happened was that a week before this happened, so that's March 3rd, 2020, we launched our second product, Remote Health, uh, health insurance for remote teams. And that product was, that was the opposite. That was ex timed extremely well. <laughs> I remember we were on a lot, uh, like a live scene uh, here in San Francisco, we had a launch event and there were 200 founders there at a co-working space called Parisoma. And we said from the stage, we had this, slide that said in, in 10 years you know the majority of people will be working remotely and the next weekend everybody worked remotely and um so for that product you know it was like the future accelerated 10 years uh in a week and uh, that product you know just saw explosive growth but it was new so we had this like mixed blessing and um in uh with the nomad product we, we struggled a bit because in the first couple of months, like, you know, some people, like I said, about 70% of the Nomad users, they just stayed put where they were, right? So if they were in Thailand, they just stayed put. And that's, that worked out for a bit. Uh, but there was, you know, little new travel. And we worked very intensely then to update our policy because the policy before then actually had an exception for when for pandemics when there was a travel restriction. And we uh, like, so it said when there's like, according to this US travel restriction, then uh, you, we cover the evacuation out of it, but you're not covered for that pandemic, like for the reason you, you're still covered for everything else, but like not for COVID. And uh, it took a long time. We, we had to, uh, you know, work with the regulators and reinsurance, like there's other kind of mm -hmm. actors we have to convince. Mm -hmm. And it was only in like June, July, we were able to convince them to update the policy to actually cover COVID. And that went live in June, August 1. And that was a total change for us again. So we, and because at this point, nobody covered COVID, nothing. So there was like a big problem for people like, oh, I want something that covers COVID if I get it. And it was a very <laughs> relevant problem to have. So then suddenly that that product also turned into a bit of a growth story again. Like I remember just immediately it grew like 40%, you know, that week and, and, and had like a real growth spurt that whole autumn and throughout COVID. Um, and we also had another policy update later that, uh, or six months later, where we also started to cover uh, quarantining, quarantine coverage. So if, if sometimes you can be, you arrive in a country and then you, you have to go into quarantining 
Um, so then we started covering that as well. So then we have, I would say, pretty robust COVID coverage at that point. And, and this was, you know, for, for a long time, you know, a strength of the policy. Of course, it, today, this is starting to fade a bit from memory. I mean, it's still there. People aren't traveling as much. Um, now, you know, it's something else that's happening. Um, where we thought it would happen last year with the vaccine, but actually it's happening this year, uh, which is that a lot of people have gotten remote jobs, you know, in the interim, and they've been very eager to uh, take advantage of their new online income to go live somewhere else uh, for a bit. Uh, and of course, that means that they're potential nomads. And so now we're seeing, you know, an increase or return to nomadism quite a big way. Uh, and, you know, other outlets see that, you know, it's a big change. You know, it's uh, Airbnb, I just saw they had the majority of their stays being more than 30 day stays. And they said, you know, digital nomadism is like the new way people travel and, and many others, you know, report similar things. So of course, remote work is the prerequisite, like it was in my story, having a remote income is the prerequisite to, to being a nomad. So yeah, a lot of a lot of people now have that opportunity. Yeah, I definitely think the workforce is changing massively. A lot of companies realize they don't need to pay for corporate, you know, corporate real estate anymore. Don't need to have these big offices when a lot of people can do their jobs remotely or they can do it from anywhere in the world. Um, and the change is definitely awesome. And in terms of a COVID stuff, I actually was sent back home. I was in India when everything kind of hit the fan. And I had to leave the country and go back to America. And then when I left to go to Bali in the end of 2020, I was looking for insurance and safety boots was one of the only ones that covered COVID. And I was like, for $42 a month, especially being American, like health insurance in America is so expensive. Um, right. Before I left my old corporate job, I was spending about $350 a month for basic, like yeah. middle tier insurance. So when I left and I was like, okay, actually I'm spending less because I wasn't employed by a company. I was just a self-contract uh, worker. And so having that option for $40 a month that was covered by COVID that allowed me to go travel was such an awesome option and wasn't really available from other companies. Um, and so it was really cool to kind of see that you guys took on such a big task. I'm sure it wasn't easy to get, you know, to get that coverage, get that going, especially in mm -hmm so many different countries and so how do you guys kind of stay up to date or help your um, customers stay up to date with what's going on in different countries because obviously the rules are changing so much um in terms of mm. what's allowed or what the next steps are so how do you guys kind of stay up to date on all of that yeah no i mean we when this happened it was like it was a hard time but it was also like the best time in a company because we have this you know pretty amazing culture actually like it's people are wonderful and very friendly and very optimistic mm -hmm. and nice with each other i would say and uh, uh and that sort of optimism uh you know and really shown through in that in that moment so when covid hit and just i think it was four days we made this new tool which is still running to this day called borderless and the borderless tool was uh, um, we we had this opportunity because we had this like network of freelancers we worked with. We had you know a network of ambassadors and friends. So we gathered quickly, uh, you know, researchers across the world to uh, look in every day in the beginning 
to check in, are there any updates to the COVID rules? And then we made this tool borderless where we would update on the rules. And there's like an email people could subscribe to email lists or individual countries um, to, to kind of figure out what's the, what's the latest state of, of the rules for the country they're leaving or, or traveling into. And of course, that also was a way for us to keep track of that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been you know, incredibly informed and that project started out thinking it was just last for a little bit, but it has been going all the way to this day. And, you know, it's a, it's a useful tool for like tens of thousands of people to, um, to, to check in on, on what the, the current rules are. Yeah, definitely. And there's an awesome option that you guys have. And so in terms of like other, obviously there are other travel insurance companies out there people can get. What do you think besides like the COVID aspect sets safe rooms apart from the other options out there? I think um, one, there are a couple of things that set us apart. So one is that we are literally very different. You know, and I remember when we first went live um, and uh, we were starting in insurance companies, but we're not an insurance company at all on the inside, like because we, we are building a country on the internet and a global social safety net. And we also look differently. Like we have this like very colorful style. We speak very plainly. We don't use insurance words. There's all kinds of bird art. Uh, and, you know, when we first started, people were like, so people are never going to buy insurance from a website that looks like this. And it was actually very difficult to uh, resist that uh, pressure to uh, just, you know, have this like soulless uh, light blue style. Uh, but thankfully, we didn't give in. And, you know, that that made us different. And Safe Doing is in a way a project just as much as being uh, as, as much as it is the outward project, it's also about building a company that is different on the inside. And, um, and, and that's, that's, that's one thing that sets us apart. Like we look different. We are totally different. The people are totally different. If you interact with us, you will know it's not, it's not even a little bit the same. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So that's one. Uh, and uh, of course that, you know, the genesis of being built by nomads for nomads, of course, starts the direction there. Uh, another way that we're different is that we're on this quest that is like quite larger, where this is only the beginning, right? So we 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 made nomad insurance, but you know, right after we also started working on remote health, and then remote doctor, uh, which is 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 now live in a closed beta, but. Um, we're continuing the march onwards towards a global social safety net, uh, meaning uh, you know retirement, uh, income protection, and eventually like a full social safety net membership where you pay like ten percent of your income and you get something like the full social safety net you have in Norway, available anywhere in the in the world, and a country on the internet, which we started also at the end of 2020. That project called Plumia. So Plumia. Uh, dot org now uh, you can see that that's an associated nonprofit of safety wing where there's like a thousand volunteers uh, you know pioneer um, members of what we hope will become the first country on the internet uh, meaning another passport you can have a second passport for you know moving around and having an identity uh, you know beyond what you get from your nation states a lot of countries aren't that good you know this provides a better alternative so that's that's how we're different uh you know it's we are uh the this we we're a community membership we're a bit of an ambitious project that happened to start 
uh, with this product. Uh, but uh, the vision is much more, and uh, and that's also something a lot of customers find cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear more about the country of the internet. Like, so how does that kind of um, work moving forward? How would it, you know, what's the really big goal of this, and what will it look like as it's being built? Yeah. Uh, so the really big goal of it well okay so so the most straightforward thing is you know a, a passport you know that plumia's output is passport and community um and if you think about it like what's in a passport well it's the identity not the identity meaning like i identify as but like oh you are this person you know that like oh look here's evidence i am this person that you can use to enter into agreements or passports you know um and and, and that, of course, opens up the door for a big part of, I guess you could say, inequality of opportunity around the world, which we, you know, interface a lot with. Safe Doing has employees in 70 different countries. We just hosted a team gathering in Mexico. And something like 10 people, like, despite our greatest efforts, were not able to get a visa to get there, despite it being, you know, one of the easier places to get to, a lot of visa. And... Uh, and that, that's just a fact, you know, it's like a lot of people can't travel, they can't move, they can't work elsewhere because they uh, aren't, you know, like you and me, blessed with having a passport that, that they can move around a lot with. Uh, so, um, but, you know, what's beyond that, you know, it's it's the, the freedom to move wherever you want and to have, you know, great jobs and focus on what you find the most meaningful. Um, and uh, the possibility of, you know, equal opportunity and freedom for everyone, um, as we say in our uh, the subtitle of that project, uh, that's ultimately what we think it will help contribute to, you know, if we succeed. But it will take some years to get the uh, passport market. I I should warn. Mm. Yeah, that's a really awesome concept. Like you said, there are people who are born into circumstances where they're not able to easily travel. You know, they don't have a passport that can just bounce from country to country or live wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, so providing that space, and I'm sure it's going to be a rewarding and also a really amazing project for you guys. Um, so I'd love to know, like, what was it like kind of starting to build this company? And I'm sure it's obviously it was a new, you had some policy background, but it was a completely new venture for you. And I think a lot of people, when they're, they have these ideas of business they want to build online, they have these dreams, but they feel like they're not an expert. They don't know everything in that exact second. So they actually hold themselves back from ever starting. So I'd love to hear like your story on what it was like kind of starting this insurance company and going down a whole new venture for you and building this, you know, giant remote company now. Mm, yeah. Uh, so, well, the, what it was like, I, I really love the early stages of a startup. I find it very romantic. Um, you know, there is this old... Aboriginal Australian origin myth, uh, which is that uh, I can't recall exactly, but it's like the gods were living. Now you were living in this like dream time, which was the dreams of the gods, and then you kind of exited out of that into like the real world where there are constraints. And this, the first time, like the beginning time before you have customers, that's the dream time. Like there are no constraints and it's kind of lovely, <laughs> but of course you're not in touch with reality until you have actual customers, you know, who. Uh, who use your product and it works or it doesn't, uh, or they buy it or they don't. Um, 
We, of course, were very fortunate to get into this program, uh, Y Combinator. You know, that's I did that with both startups. That that's a that's a game changer uh, in, in every way. It's a lovely place to be, and I would you know, highly recommend everyone starting a startup to to apply to Y Combinator. Uh, you get a great peer group. It makes it so much easier to fundraise, and you learn you know from uh, some amazing founders as well. So so that's. Uh, that was one part of it. We were living in San Francisco in this co-living house uh, with some other founders up in the woods. Uh, and it was a wonderful time, I would say. I really enjoyed it. We, it was very, we were very idealistic. You know, it was a second company. So I learned a bit and I really wanted to make it something good. You know, SafeTwing is an attempt also to sort of see, you know, it's kind of like, it, it's it's like revenge on the cynics. <laughs> it's like uh, we we it's sort of an attempt to sort of see if we can do everything right and still succeed. And I I, I think and so far we are doing really well. So uh, you know in the beginning it was you know a lot of this very creative uh, uh, dreaming of what we could become and and a lot of what we brought in back then you know in terms of our vision and mission and values and uh, what kind of company we wanted to build, what we didn't want to do, like do ads. Um, and mostly all of that, we just kept to this day. Uh, Safe Doing started in a way as a vision. You know, literally the first three months we worked on the company, we were drawing bird art. <laughs> like it was, it was, we turned that whole thing around. Like we, we started out with a vision and the art, and then we later, you know, made the product and, uh, so, so that was that was what it was like. Once we got into Y Combinator, we kind of rushed to build the product, make the website, put it out. We launched it during at the end of uh, YC during demo day, and and it sort of then picked up immediately through word of mouth from there, and uh, has been growing ever since. Awesome, yeah. I think it's super, you know, important for people to realize that you can, you know, build these new ventures. You can go and create something completely different without there or just follow a path you've always wanted to. And one of the big things that I love you said was you were in a co-living space and surround yourself by people who are also doing it. it makes such a difference, I think, in your motivation, who you can ask questions to, bounce ideas off of. And I think co-living spaces is definitely the way of getting into being a digital nomad because mm. you know, you're able to surround yourself with people who are like-minded or understand what you're going through. Um, so I think it's a really great story that you kind of have with the background of safety wins and everything. Um, and then I would like to know also from a founder, from a digital nomad, why do you think is like, why do you think travel insurance is so important, even on a short term basis? Because as easy as that question might seem, so many people go away for a month or two weeks or whatnot. And they're like, I'm actually, I'll be fine. I don't need it. I'm not like I'm not clumsy. I'm not accident prone. I'll be fine. What would you say to someone who you know says something like that? Uh, so I would say you know I I can relate because I I I was you uh, and <laughs> here's the thing. The thing you're protecting you against isn't something that like might happen. Like nobody goes through their life without anything without having a health issue ever like that that's like i don't think that's like ever happened in the history of humanity like so 
So it's just that when it does inevitably happen, will you be in a situation where you can like call a number and you get taken care of, you get directed and you know, you can get the care you need without becoming broke or are you in like dire straits? Okay. So like, which option do you choose? You know, future you will thank you. If you say, I'll take the $32 a month option, please. And not the, you know, thousands of dollars, uh, panicked situation later. So, you know, it's, it's not that much. If you can afford to travel, you know, you can, you know, you can afford travel insurance. It's, it's, it saves you a world of pain. Yeah. Very important part of it. Definitely. Um, and to have that, you know, safety net of what could potentially happen because you do never know. And I think the problem is that some people are like, nothing will ever happen to me, but things do happen. I was traveling in Cambodia and I was snorkeling, um, and like a bit, little bit of free diving. And over 12 hours later, I got on a plane and flew, didn't think anything of it landed and in the descent both of my eardrums burst couldn't hear anything basically deaf at that point had to go to the hospital there's nothing i could do luckily i had insurance was able to you know have someone take care of it have someone cover the cost and i didn't have to worry about it because the thing is when you go into these countries you actually don't know you know what they're going to say back to you or what the process is going to be um and i actually had a conversation with one of my friends she was a guest on this podcast last season. Um, we were actually out to lunch and we were, I was always the person like get travel insurance. Like, don't be the idiot who doesn't. She's like, oh my God, mine expired a couple of days ago. And I was like, all right, get safe doings. So I sent her the link for it. And I was like, just get it. It's like $42 a month. So easy. Two days later, she actually crashed her motorbike. Um, didn't get insurance and literally had like the worst nightmare of an experience. Um, that you could imagine in terms of everything and they in bali it's very common to where if it's not not life-threatening they won't um operate on you until they get some money so it became a literal crazy mess of waiting for their parents to take out um loans from home wiring the money over waiting for surgery and not getting the care they needed all because, you know, they didn't do what they needed to do. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's, it is $42 a month. So take the time, get what you need and prevent that stuff from happening to you. That's, that's an amazing, that's a terrible story, but that's also an amazing story. Um, and uh, yes, gosh. I'll, I'll I'll share that one to 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 my team on Monday if you, if you don't mind. That's that's incredible. Uh. <laughs> it is it's it is so common in like some of these countries where things just tend to happen. And I've heard it too many times in Bali. It's not even there's Instagram pages where people you know in the community will go on, and the amount of times you see people doing GoFundMe go for an accident or GoFundMe for things that happened. Um, is terrible, you know, and it is preventable. And I think that's why this is so important to just show people like, you know, you can avoid all of this if you just take the extra precautions. Um, mm. But and, and, you know, one, you know, we also hear, you know, these like opposite stories of like things that they never would have been able to do, you know, things like uh, certain kinds of medical evacuation, 
you're just in no situation to take care of if you don't have travel medical insurance, travel insurance. So, you know, we had uh, this one person who got this uh, heart uh, issues in uh, Ghana and there were like no local hospital, like even regionally, like no hospital that could do that. And you couldn't fly like high because that would like risk the, the, the further heart damage. So you kind of get to like, charge like this low flying plane to fly down to south africa and and that went fine and we even could fly like family there and and uh and you know without travel insurance like what are the odds you're going to be able to orchestrate that and yeah. that's just at that point that's like a, uh that that's uh, that's a, a deadly situation uh but you know we have you know great professionals who are able to deal with those kind of situations and, and can you know get even those like international evacuation things in place when they are needed and sometimes they are you know when you are in places where the where the local medical facilities you know might not have every service yeah it's definitely from a, there's some examples i'm sure we can say there is you know it's just such an important aspect and you can prevent so many wrong things from happening or so many very expensive things that could put you in loads of debt happening if you just, you know, say, I'll be preventative. I'm going to spend $40, which is nothing. Like, you know, you'll spend more than that on a flight somewhere. So, mm -hmm. or sometimes just a night out. So mm -hmm. get your insurance and cover yourself. Um, and then one last, yeah. one last question I'd love to ask is, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever um, received from anyone? Yes. Well, I, I wanted to add one last thing to what yeah. you were just saying, which is that, and, and a cool thing is everyone else buying their insurance are also digital nomads. And, you know, they will save you when something happens to you. But in the meantime, you will save them. Like you're the one who's like helping pay for someone, you know, it's a community service, right? Where you help each other out when, when something happens. So, so it's also a nice thing to do in that way. Why uh, the best advice I ever received, you know, I thought about that as you were talking in the beginning, you know, this just everyone else is just improvising. This was something I can't recall who, who said it to me, but I was working in the government and, uh, you know, you, you think because you see people on television that, you know, these like famous politicians are these like different kinds of people. But then when you work closely with them, you realize that they're just like everybody else and no one really knows what they're doing and everybody's kind of improvising. <laughs> and that's funny. And and the great thing about that is I basically took, took this advice to heart that like nobody knows what they're doing in this like deep sense. So that means that you have to think for yourself and you kind of have to trust your instincts a bit more. And and that gave me, you know, the boldness and the optimism to go out into things that I didn't know anything about, you know, like starting, I actually didn't have any background in insurance, uh, for example. Uh, that was something we we learned along the way and, and hired for. And, um, and, and, and it's true, you know, when you think for yourself, when you trust your instincts and when you, um, you know, try to understand things uh, on your own, uh, instead of just like relying on what other people say, uh, then I think you can forge your own path and go into the unknown with a bit more uh, confidence. Um, so, so that was another one, and and it combines very well with my other like favorite piece of advice, which was just something I read in a book, and that was just uh, all problems are solvable, uh, uh, which is I think a good hopeful, optimistic approach to any problem you face, which is 
you know, it's like, here's a problem and how do we solve it? And, uh, and, and, and it turns out every problem is indeed solvable, you know, if you, you're creative and you come up with some ideas. Yeah, I love both those. So thank you for sharing. Um, thank you so much for coming on. It's been great kind of hearing the story, hearing, you know, what inspires Safety Wings, what Safety Wings is about, and where it is going in the future. Um, so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been wonderful. And anyone, if you're looking for insurance as a digital nomad, traveler, any length of time, really, Safety Wings is your option. There will be a link below for you guys to go check out Safety Wings, purchase some insurance. $40 is not going to kill you, I promise. Um, and it'll save your butt down the line. So thanks everyone for listening and keep up for more digital nomad episodes. If you are a current or aspiring digital nomad looking to connect or even learn more about this lifestyle and how to build your own dream, follow me on Instagram and send me a DM with crazy nomad. So I know you come from this beautiful community on the podcast or click link below and book a free strategy session with me to discover how we can turn your passion project or skills into an online business.